Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I have no idea when you're listening to this, but I just felt like Jim Carrey for a second there. Uh, I can't remember the name of that movie, but I think he says something like that. But welcome to Rooted Deep, and we are so glad you're here. I hope that you are just excited about getting something today uh, about a little bit about sending your kids back to school. I I can't believe it's time to send kids back to school. And um, it has been, been a weird weird, weird send your kids back to school time for the last really two years. So, uh, you know, as you think about it, uh, as we come through COVID, we've had kids in school, video school, half days, partial days, every other day, kind of going, kind of not going, uh, lockdown. It's just been really weird. So we thought that uh, for a lot of you who are getting ready to send your kids back to school, that it would really be great to have an interview with an educator. And I'm really excited to have Margaret Ramsey with us today. Now, Margaret and I have been friends since college, okay? Uh, So we go back a long, long, long time. It's getting longer and longer. So she has been involved on the Dare for More board. We've had her involved in so many different ways. But the big thing about today's interview is that she's been an educator, mostly in elementary education, for 20-plus years. And that is incredible. Wealth of knowledge, wealth of information. And she lives in Georgia. She's the mother of two, but all of her kids are grown now. She's got one son in medical school and, or actually is he, Margaret, where's where's Zach at now? He's married and he's, what's he he doing now? He's married in his first year of residency. He's going to be a pathologist. So he's going to be the one that reads all those slides that come through. There we go. All right. So she's got one student. She's got one son there. And then she's got her daughter, Abby, who is finishing up college, right? Yes. She'll be a senior this year. Mm-hmm. All right. so, so Margaret lives in Georgia, not too far here from Chattanooga. It's just been a crazy time. So maybe as we jump into this a little bit, talk about that a little bit. Even as a teacher, it's been a crazy time for teachers. It's been, it's been probably what most teachers say, the worst worst year or year and a half of teaching. It, it's really difficult for both the kids and the teachers. And there's just a lot of emotional issues. There's a lot of social issues. And there's a lot of academic issues. So I'm not sure you know where everyone is. We went back to school, we're in class most of the year last year for the 2021 school year. So we've already kind of worked out some of those kinks that people, that children may have had and we may have had for having to do um, online learning. But some of you may be going back for the first time. So number one, even every year, whether you're going back for the first time since the lockdown or whether it's just a new year, especially elementary kids, I always say they need a routine and you need to start that routine, not like the day before school starts. I mean, you need to start it a couple of weeks out. Yeah. You know, get them used to that bedtime, maybe a little bit earlier, but to get them used to that bedtime a little bit earlier, you're going to need to get them used to getting up earlier. That's, that's, that's a big deal. And also, you know, now that we're going into maybe some unknowns for your children because of the lockdown or where they're at, talk about it. Ask them. Ask them 
you know, this might be different for you. Hey, you haven't been in class for a long time. What are some of your concerns? Where are you scared about anything? Use the word scared. Ask them because in order to get to help them, you got to know what's going on in their head. And, um, and the only way you're going to get to know what's going on in their head is you just ask them. I think sometimes, even myself, when my kids were young, you don't want to ask them because you think, oh, I don't want to put that thought in their head. But you know what? We've got the word of God to whatever thought that is in their head to speak truth into them. And so ask those questions that maybe you might not even have the answer to, and that's okay. But talk about how are we going to get through this if they're concerned about it or whatever. Maybe some, some things I, I talked about with my students were, you know, there's this, do you wear masks? Do you not wear masks? Some are going to wear masks, some are not, depending on the school. Have that conversation with your child because you as a family decide what's best for your family if it's not mandated. And so you have to have that conversation that they're confident that it's okay that your family does it this way. Whatever, whatever your family does, even whether, forget the mask. I mean, you, you have to have those conversations with your children that, hey, this, this family might not do that, but we do it this way because we just feel that's what's best for our family. And make your child know that it's okay. Other people may be different than you. Have those conversations. Give them, give them, give them the answer that some people might ask. If they're younger children, role play. You be the child, they ask the question so they can see, how do I do this? How do I get through it? That's, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, way to prepare, definitely prepare your child for the upcoming school year. And you're right, I think sometimes the summer goes by way faster than we're expecting. And then, and, and it's funny because Gary, uh, my husband, we were watching TV last night and he said, are they already advertising school supplies? I'm like, oh yeah, honey, as soon as July starts, you've got July 4th fireworks, then school supplies are back up on the shelves. And, and I remember as a teacher, I would be like, oh, school supplies sales. Here it comes again. It's like summer's almost over. But you talked about preparing your child for the start of the school year, but how do you prepare yourself as a mom, a dad, a caregiver? What are some things, some good ways that they can be prepared that you can be prepared. These are great conversations for, all right, I'm not ready. Maybe my child's younger, or maybe this is the first time in school and it's new. It's, you know, what are some ways that parents can prepare? I think um, it's, I mean, it's hard to say depending on your age, the age, but I think one thing that somebody never told me and I wish they did um, was that it's okay to be emotional. It's okay that your child is crossing over to a new to a new whatever that is. And us mamas, I mean, we, these are our, our dear children and they're not supposed to grow up. I mean, you know, they're just supposed to stay young yeah. and have fun. And, and so it's okay. If you have that emotional breakdown, it's okay. Don't be embarrassed about it because you love your child. I think I think if someone would have told me that was okay, I, mm. I still would cry, I'd been upset, but I just to say it's okay. I mean, mm. and be I mean, you never know when it's gonna come. It's gonna hit you at the at the time that you don't expect it to hit you. I just remember my son when he was um, going to first year of college and it just hit me like driving down um, in down to school for pre-planning and I just started the ugly cry, bawling like a baby. And I'll just say I'm made. And I was like, oh, my makeup's all messed up and I have to go into a meeting and I'm all like all upset crying. And I had to call my principal and I go, listen, I just had a meltdown. I can't come to the meeting. I got to go to Walgreens and get some makeup. And um, 
and so it, it happens. Be prepared. As I say, be prepared for that. Just know it's going to happen and it's okay. Um, and then just, you know, I think it helps. I'm a, I'm a blue on the color. I like to be organized. I like to have all my ducks in a row. And, but I think whether you're a blue or not a blue, I think it helps sometimes just to start a schedule, just, you know, you as yourself, whether you decide, you know, you're going to have your kids make their lunches or you're going to make their lunches, whatever is best for your family, but start a schedule of, Hey, this is around the time, you know, you don't have to have a rigid schedule, but this is the time we're going to do homework or as a family, this is the time we're going to make our lunches. This is the time we're going to do this. This is the time we're just going to have family talk. Always schedule a family talk. Hey, what was the best part of your day? Ask questions like, what was the worst part of your day? Because again, you're going to find out if you don't ask, they're not going to tell you. And so that, those would be some things I would say as you prep. Be prepared for the meltdowns if it's a big year for you. Um, and set, set some type of schedule. And ask your kids to weigh in on that schedule. You know, mm. because they, they can tell you stuff that you didn't realize. Right. Mm. That's good. So, so you've got, I mean, you know, you've got kids getting ready to step into the new year. And I know we've kind of touched on this, but I want to make sure that we didn't miss some big pieces here. As we, you know, if you're getting your kid ready to start the new year, we've, you know, we've talked about getting their schedules and helping them, you know, whatever, but you've got kids, maybe that are anxious about going back into the classroom. Maybe you've got kids that have some anxiety about upper grades or moving from one place to the other. How do you, you know, what are some other things that maybe you could speak on and getting the kids ready for the school year? So if they're anxious about the school year, I always, I'm a big, again, talk about it, bring it out. Let's, let's talk about what are those things and then talk about, well, I mean, so if that happened, play the what if game. If that happened, what's the worst thing that can happen? Have those conversations with their kids because you know what? Most of the times it, it, it's, it's proven. Most of the times you think it might happen, never happen. But um, it, it play, you know, talk about that anxiety. And then you know, bring the word of God, God to them. I mean, they need truth spoken to them daily and remind them that even in those anxious times, God, God will help you through if you turn to him and let them to know that they can cling to him, cling to his word. If our children, if they were struggling, we would always say, and we would tell them to go find it. Go find a verse that is truth for you today. We didn't give them the verse because we thought it would be more to them if they went and looked and searched and we would have them write it on a um, notebook you know, a piece of paper or a three by five card or something. And whether they stuck it on the bathroom mirror, wherever they saw it, wherever they could look for it, for anxiety, I, that, I mean, our kids still, I think, stick, you know, little notes as reminders to them so they can see the truth. No, it's good. Awesome. Yeah. What are some, um, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Ellie, I'm good. Now, I think it's, I, we talking about the highs, lows, when you're talking through your kids, you know, through their days and just getting them to talk. I think one of the things that we've, um, that there's so many different listeners on the podcast that they're, 
the, the educational environment, it's either public school, private school, homeschool, or it's presential in some states, um, some, you know, semi and virtual. It's all over the place right now. We don't have a set, a set way. So there's so many different academic environments that we're dealing with. Um, but some of the ways that you can support your child in, hey, here's, here's what we have. How can we support them in that specific academic environment? What we see here at Las Palmas is elementary education, elementary parents, are super involved, but the, the parent involvement level kind of drops as the child gets older and, you know, they get into high school, you hardly ever see the parents, maybe an email, maybe a WhatsApp, you know, message. And so what are some ways you can kind of stay in tune with your, your academic environment and continue to be supportive? I think it's the same all around. I think yeah. it's the elementary years. Um, and a part of that, honestly, I think is a good thing because you want your child to be an independent learner and responsible. So, you know, as they get older, we, we kind of put that on them. But um, for the younger kids, I would definitely set up a time, like most schools have homework still these days. Some don't, but most do. I think it's really important that you have set for the younger children a place where they know they're going to do their homework, mm -hmm. a time of day where they're where um, they're supposed to do their homework, so they know whether you know. And every child's different of when they should do their homework. It's always well, should they come right home from school and do their homework, or should they go play and then do their homework after that? And again, that depends on your child, your family, how that works. And sometimes asking your child, well, let's talk about that. When do you think is the best time? Um, I always say for the younger children, do not um, wait too long though. Like the later it gets, the harder it is for them. Um, but like as a parent, set that up with your child. Um, I know sometimes usually homework's supposed to be a review time, you know, especially for the younger, younger children. And it's the, at me as a teacher, I am giving the homework because your child really does need to do it. Like they, and sometimes I think as a parent, we we sometimes think, oh, it's okay if you don't do that tonight. It's okay. It's it's all right. It's it really not. Like math facts are really important to review. I mean, they really are. And so I I wouldn't, as a parent, overlook that when it's it's easy. I get it. I get it. Cause you don't have time because usually math facts with younger children, you've got to be interacting with them, doing that. Um, but you know, if your child academically is giving you a hard time because they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. I'm, I'm a big, big, um, fan of, you know, uh, positive reinforcement. So, you know, come up with something that they, that they like, they want to do, they do their homework, whatever, so many times, um, you know, reward them for it. Give them the, you know, but give them that you know, whether it's stickers or whatever, and then they get to cash in for game night or favorite game, um, something like that. If your child's academically, you know, struggling, and maybe they are, because I mean, if they were at home and doing online learning, it's just proven that there's gonna be some gaps there. So I would, you know, reach out to the teacher and ask the teacher, say, hey, I know my child's struggling. You know, tell her you know that she that he or she is. And then ask the teacher based on how your child's struggling for some things that you could do to help at home. And teachers love that when you do that. I mean, they do. So reach out to them because they are your resource for your child. Yeah, I think that's so good because I think parents ought to be engaged in their child's education. It's, you know, it's not just, um, I think sometimes it's easy for us to, you know, we, 
when they get old enough, we hand them off to the youth pastor and say, you pour into them spiritually. When they go to school, we hand them off to a teacher and say, you pour into them academically. And it's almost as if sometimes parents can say, okay, my job is done for the moment. But really, parents, staying engaged with your child through their academic years, it's really important to your child's success. Definitely. I think, especially when they get into the older years, again, you want them to be the independent learner. But ask them, like, you know, you may not be involved in what they are learning, helping them, but ask them, hey, what you working on today? Hey, what do you think about that? Especially like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things, especially if you're in a public school system that are being taught that you want to know what, what did the teacher say and what does your child think about it? Um, because it's going to creep in there and we need to be teaching them, well, here's the truth. Here's what the Bible says about this. And you know what? You have to be careful about it, whether you're in a Christian school, private school, public school, because things, people say things. So you want to know what, what your child thinks about what they're studying about, because that's the only way you're going to be able to come out at them with truth. So be involved, talk about it. The best way I think with the older kids is to talk about their day is at the dinner table. I'm a big fan of you got to sit down and have dinner. And I know it's hard, especially with the older kids when all, there's all these sports, you're going here, here, and here. And if you can't do it, you know, every, every weekday, make one day, this is the day, this is, we are having family dinner, whatever day it is, at least once a week make sure you're having that because that's when all those conversations come out yeah. now I was um you know a teacher and my kids came to school drove to school with me and rode home so I, they didn't have a choice like I we had lots of conversations in the van like that's just yeah. you know that that's where it was um but you know the dinner table is a great place to have conversations like that what happens we've heard um I was in, I was a school teacher and then, you know, became an administrator for a little while. And you see helicopter moms, you see helicopter dads and mama bears and, you know, papa bears. And, and I think that sometimes when, when these instincts came, you know, kick in, when our kid comes home, you know, comes home and says, oh, hey, the teacher said, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. And it's like, now what do we do? Um, I, how do you respond? And, and I think we've seen this in the past where it's like, you want to support the teacher, obviously, but at the same time, you do want to have these important conversations, like you're saying with your, with your child and say, okay, you know, like you said, what, what do you think about that? So what happens? What do we do? And what is our best response? I love that, that, that we have to talk about that because mm -hmm. I am a big proponent on communication and I'm like, Oh, you got to communicate, got to communicate, got to communicate. And like, I'm always, I was the parent who's okay, Zach and Abby today, we're going to do this, this, and this. So they knew ahead of time, you know, yeah. so I'm always talking about stuff. And so I have this story that might help with maybe getting parents to understand when the child comes home and says something. And it's with my little Abby, although she's 21 now, but she was six years old at the time of this conversation. We had just moved to Georgia and, um, and I was teaching, Zach was in fifth grade, Abby was in first grade and fifth grade at our school, the students go to space camp. And so they go off for a couple days and um, you know, that's great. I mean, I think it's awesome, but I couldn't go. And I probably was one of those helicopter moms. I couldn't go. Um, and my husband couldn't go because he had just started a new job. So here we are sending our fifth grader 
off to space camp and we don't know a soul. I mean, we moved to Georgia not knowing anybody and we had only been, you know, here for a couple of weeks. So we didn't have connections. We didn't have anything. I didn't have a friend say, hey, make sure you watch out for Zach, make sure. I didn't have any of that. And so I was a very nervous mama. Like, I, uh, I'm not sure about this. And I'm trying to hide it, trying to be the cool mom. Like, it's, it's okay. Thinking my kids didn't see how nervous I was. Well, my little six-year-old, first grader, seven-year-old, real picked up on it. And the day that Zach was supposed to go to um, space camp, she decided that, ooh, better call dad on the cell phone. Better have Zach call dad. And so into this story, I think it's really cool that we're going to try something here. I told... Um, y'all to have a piece of paper and pencil ready. So I want you to get that ready. Okay. And what I want you to draw real quick is I want you to like, with just dots, I want you to draw a square, you know, for the corners dots. And then up on top, I want you to put one more dot. Do you know your geometry here? What is that? Um, okay. okay, so you have that. I want you to connect the dots, but I don't care how you connect them. Just connect the dots. Just with, you should have five dots, connect those. All right, so as you do that, I'm gonna come back to it. So, Abby is all telling me, mom, get the cell phone. I think Zach needs to talk to um, dad. Okay, so I hand the cell phone back and she says, hey dad, talk to Zach. And she hands the phone to Zach. And he's like, okay, well, hey Zach, hope you have a good trip, you know, whatever. We'll see you when you get back in a couple of days. Three days later, Zach comes back from Space Gap and we're around our dinner table talking. And Mark says to Zach, hey, Zach, how was Huntsville? Because that's where Space Gap is. Abby, and you know, I was the mom, got to have manners, got to sit on your, sit down, feet down. She stands up on the table, puts her uh, hands on her hips and says, what do you mean Huntsville? We're like, that's where Zach was at Space Camp. He went to Huntsville. I thought he went to the moon. No. <laughs> okay. Now, she had taken all those um, things that I've been saying, watched her poor mama be, um, you know, worried. And so those dots that you drew, I don't know what you drew. But, you know, in Abby's mind, she drew the star, you know, uh -huh. for space camp. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what you all draw. All right. Mine, Maybe. Ends up, mine looks like a house. And yeah, Lauren. it's like a museum, a space camp museum. Okay. All right. Uh, Reba's, All right. Reba's kind of a, I'm not sure what Reba was doing. It looks like a horse. Yeah, not yeah. sure. But do you see like everything yeah. we say or the teacher says or you say, they're little information dots. And children and even us adults, we connect them differently. And when we connect them differently, we have a different picture we're looking at. And so when your child comes home and says, oh, you know, think about my space camp story. My child had my son going to the moon, really getting in the <laughs> spaceship and going to the moon. He wasn't. He wasn't going to the moon. He was going to a museum in Huntsville. And I just think sometimes if we just stop and take, wait a second, how did my child, you know, I mean, it could be the teacher did say some of this stuff. But step back and think that your child's perspective, it's mm -hmm. the perspective of it. And I always say, you know, get the teacher's perspective, but if you can't do it because you're so mad right now, mm. don't do it until the next day. 
you know, because it, it's just, it's how it happens. They're going to come home and they're going to say, the teacher said this. And you know what? Maybe she did, but she didn't mean it how your child took it because right. they drew a star with it and you just meant for them to draw a house with it. Yeah. And that that is very important is to get the teacher's perspective of it. And then you know what? If she did say it, hey, if you're a Christ follower, we got to come alongside and we got to get this worked out. And so in love, work it out. I mean, mm-hmm. try, try to see how can you, and you still might disagree, but you, you know, you've got to come alongside and say, okay, well, that's just life. And we've got to get through this. How I want my child to be successful because I think sometimes the teacher feels, well, that parent's mad at me now. Like, great. Um, how am I going to get through this? And if we just can use our biblical principles and, and come alongside and forgive and you don't in forgiveness, you don't have to say the other person's right. You just have to come alongside and work together for the, for the best of your child. Because, um, you know, we have at our school, it's a, it's a partnership. I can't do education without the partnership of the parent. And it's, it's really that way all around. Although, mm-hmm. you know, we tend to forget that it is a partnership. You got to work together. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good because I think, you know, going through, sometimes our kids need to learn a lesson that life is not fair necessarily. It doesn't always come out to your, um, you know, even though maybe you're right, but you don't always get that. You know, you don't always get that. Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. I heard of just this week, somebody was telling the story, their kids are going to karate class and the sensei, as the kids are doing these little uh, prelim exercises to get all warmed up for the class, he would look at one kid out of nowhere and just say, drop and give me five. And, and while the kid is doing the push-ups, he looks at him and says, why are you giving me five? And it says, because life's not fair, sensei. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, right. And so it's like, you know, this, this, this karate instructor is trying to teach the kids that sometimes you're just, life is just not fair. Yeah. And you just got to learn to take some of that and move on with it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's an important lesson for kids to learn as well. And not always parents rushing to their defense, fighting their mm-hmm. battles. And then you get a kid who doesn't know and understand that everything just doesn't work out. Peachy King, because mom and dad came to the rescue. Right. So good stuff. Well, okay. So Margaret, we got a good last question here for you as we're thinking about education and getting the school year kicked off. What are some common struggles that you see kids have during the school year? Because, you know, school starts, we get them in the classroom, everybody's going, but it's not over. Now, some other different problems now come out of that. So what are some common struggles you see children having during school? I think a lot of times we forget that life lessons are learned not academically, like when the teacher's at the desk. They're learned in the hallway. They're learned at recess. They're learned between classes. Um, And sadly, they're learned on that phone that they have with the older kids. You know, there's a lot of things that go down. And I think a lot of times it's again, conversations with, with with the child and the parent and the teacher. What do I do? Like, you know, I think some of the hardest things in, especially in elementary, the parents, maybe struggle with. And I I remember being there um, when you get the email that my child's having an issue with another child. Well, it can't be my child. It's not, it's the other child's fault. I mean, honestly, that's, that's, and that's just like, I mean, 
you, usually that takes what takes a, a lot sometimes academic time away is the teacher is trying to um, help solve a problem between students because they're mad at each other or this person did this and this person did that. And those are struggles because they come right into the classroom with those. They don't get turned off. And so, like, I found through the years, it's best just to go there. Like, you know, let's let's just have those conversations with both parties and hear things. At the elementary level, I call it, if it's boys having issues, I call it the Knights of the Round Table. If it's ladies, if it's girls having issues, I call the Ladies of the Round Table. And we come together and I try to do it during a time where it's just us. Like whether I take a little bit of the recess time or a little bit of their special time, I hear again, everybody's perspective. I teach them to listen to that other person's perspective and not interrupt them because everybody has a perspective. And I think that's really important because those are the main struggles in school is social emotional. I mean, especially going in We've had kids who haven't been with other children in a long time. So they're going to forget the boundaries and how that all works and what do I do and, and how I have all that. And so I think it's really important that you teach when, the, when your child comes home and says, oh, my friend did this. They're not my friend anymore. Or, oh, they, this happened, this happened. Ha the, the biggest struggle are those struggles of walking your child through forgiveness and possible restoration with those people, teaching them to hear those people, hear how it affected them, because we know it affected you, but teaching them to hear others, because they're not going to solve the problem if they don't hear the other person's perspective. Mm -hmm. It's always, I found in elementary, it's always, it's the other, a lot of times it's the other child's fault. Yeah. You know what? Most a lot of times it's both of their faults. They found out, oh, if I if I had only known that's what you were thinking, you know. So yeah. when when there's issues non-academic, you got to talk about it and you got to hear everybody's perspective. Oh, it's good. That is good. Let me ask you a question. What is as an as an elementary teacher, elementary educator? What is, this is just a silly question, but what is your favorite like school supply to shop for? Because I'm like, now that we're talking to teachers, we're planning some stuff uh, here at the, at the workshop. I'm like, oh, I just love shopping for school supplies. What are some of your favorite things that you've just used um, in the classroom that you just think are fun? Um, well, you can't have enough dry erase, different colored markers, yeah. like, you know, for the whiteboard. I'm, I'm a big fan of those. Um, that's funny that you asked me that question because I'm a simple, like, don't like clutter, don't like a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I just go with it. But I'm very excited to announce that I bought these um, this year. I went out on a limb here and bought these pet erasers. And because I guess they're real popular with the kids. And so I'm really excited about <laughs> the pet erasers to be able to get my second graders. Aren't they fun? Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you're not a big fan of fidget spinners because that was the big thing. My last year of teaching, the kids were flipping the water bottles and fidget spinning all the time. And I'm just like, oh, if they, if they flip that water bottle one more time, you know, okay. and I just, no, they can't flip the water. The fidgets, I'm, I mean, I'm a fidgeter, so I get those. I just don't want to see it. So if you're <laughs> like, you know, if you're just doing around, as long as I can't see it, we're good. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> 
Well, normally we end, and we like to do this, and we have prepared Margaret for this, but we like to end with a few questions, just so just throw at her. Um, and I, if she's a planner, these are going to be hard because she's going to want to pause and think about it, but we're going to try to get her first answer on these rapid fire questions like we do with all of our, uh, follow all of our guests. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in and start. And um, maybe this is an educator. And besides the Bible, what is one of the books that has just impacted your life? Um, whether it's personal or in your professional life, a book that's impacted you. Okay. Well, it's, this is a, this, this is a, this is a crazy question because I was having a conversation with Reba, uh, was it a couple of weeks ago and she goes, so what's the last book you read? And I started laughing because in, in a year and a half with COVID, I didn't have time to read. Mm. Um, so it was Mr. Popper's penguins. Cause I read it to my yeah. students, you know? So she, I kind of like, that's kind of crazy. Like, I can't believe I don't really have a book that I've read because I just don't have, I, I just haven't had time. So this summer, like I decided I, I like, got all these books and I'm going to read and I actually got Reba's book and, and reading her, her book, um, right now. Um, so, but one of them of the books that I've read that really stood out to me, um, is, um, how, how did I get here by Christine Kane? Mm. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. That's what it's called. Right. And so, because I, I think that even with all the craziness that we've all been through the last year and a half, I, I think, you know, it, I, Kind of feel like we're just living in this glass bubble and we just don't you know we just let everything go even myself like it's just um wow and we go how did i like get here and she, I, it just really impacted me to just start like okay i can see how this person got here i can see mm. i can see that and mm. that 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 book really was like whoa i i, I it was eye-opening to me of how just a little thing you just drift off just little, and you don't even know it you don't even yeah. know it you've drifted oh, that's off. good so okay so tell us this, what do you enjoy doing in your free time in my free time i have a lot of free time this um right now because all my kids are grown up and i'm not running crazy and um in my free time i'm one who cannot sit still i have to be doing something so i really um I do whatever I can do. Like I, my, my son and daughter-in-law have, have, are actually raising her, um, my daughter-in-law's sister right now. And so I love doing, spending time with her, taking her to museums, doing different things. Um, I just love spending time even with my daughter. Like we went to a butterfly house last week. I, I love spent, spending quality time with my children. I guess that's the answer. That's my favorite thing. And, and it's short these days because they're busy. And so, but I'm a relationship. I got to be with them doing something. Mm, that's awesome. What is something that people often get wrong about you? <laughs> oh, okay. You and Reba have known each other for years. So Reba probably knows this answer. <laughs> she probably knows this answer. I think I think because I was just talking about, I think because I'm a mm, cross your, cross your T's, dot your I's kind of person, it's got to be th this way because that's how I function. Um, I think people think I just am just stoic. I don't think they think I have empathy sometimes. And I really do. I do. I think they don't, I don't have empathy. I think they just think it's this way. And that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it would be. Yeah. That would say that. All right. So what is your favorite movie? You have a favorite movie? Favorite movie. Uh, yeah. 
I knew this was going to be tough for you. Going to be tough. I mean, old one beaches. I'll just say beaches. My favorite movie. Well, there we go. And old Bette Miller. That's going. And what's your favorite meal? Something you like to snack on? Your favorite food? Favorite meal? I had to go gluten free. So learning different things I can eat. So um, favorite would be tacos. <laughs> yeah. Sounds yeah, there we go. All right. So this is always an interesting question to ask people. What do you have on your nightstand? It's always a little glimpse into their life. I know it's an odd question, but it's always a glimpse. Okay. You're going to laugh. Okay. I have a, um, of course, my clock. I still use my clock, my alarm clock. And the only other thing besides a lamp is my picture of Reba and I at my wedding. She was my maid of honor. That is sweet. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Reba yeah. knew that. That's why she put that question in there. I'm kidding. We always, we never know what we're going to get with that question because some people, it's like stacks of books. Some people, it's yep. like, you know, users, shotguns, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You never know. But when you think about something that brings you joy in your life, just like an ordinary moment that brings you joy, what would that moment be? What would it look like? Joy. Just smiles on my children's faces mm. when I'm with them. Yeah. Mm. That's good. All right. So what are you deeply grateful for? <sighs> grateful for? I'm grateful for my family. Makes me cry. Um, I'm grateful, though, to go into a normal year. That's what I'm really grateful for. I'm grateful for that we are, for my school, we are headed into, it's back to normal. That's what yeah. I'm so grateful for. Because that, that's where I thrive in the classroom. There you go. Cool. And this is our last question. We always end on this. And um, what is something that keeps you rooted deep? God's word. I mean, if I don't have it, I, I mean, it, it just, I, I see when, when the struggles of the day come, it, if I don't have that to fall back on, it, it's more struggles. It's when this, in those struggles, when you're in God's word, it's not going to take those struggles away. Yeah. It's just going to help you get through it. Mm-hmm. And um, that it, it's important. And, and there's been times when I have it, when, when I have it, when I realize I drifted. And just when you get back in, you're just like, oh, that, that it really does keep you rooted. Yeah. Mm, it's good. Well, I feel like this has been good, you know, as I uh, think about people, there's so many of you that this involves you. You've got kids uh, somewhere between first grade and kindergarten all the way to senior year in high school, and this is it for them. And you are uh, getting ready to get back into the flow of getting your kids sent back off to school. And I know through the years since I was going to school, it has drastically changed as to what that looks like. Uh, But uh, it's still... It's still a, 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 you know, it brings a lot of, sometimes a lot of anxiety. Uh, it looks different. And so I hope this has really been helpful for, for you that if you've listened today and you're thinking about your kids and getting them into the school and, and kicking off the school year. And we just hope that you have a great school year. You know, our kids are our future. And uh, until the Lord returns, they're the next educators. They're the next uh, technicians. They're the next doctors, lawyers. They're, they're, you know, they're our future. And so uh, we hope that your kids have a great school year. And we hope you as parents uh, have a great school year yeah. as you kind of get your kids into that, um, 
that learning environment, not just educationally, but I think as Margaret said, so much learning happens in the school setting, it, not only emotionally, but mentally. Uh, and, and there's a lot of spiritual battles that are fought there. So uh, we hope that you guys have a great school year. So, uh, you know, until we meet next time, stay rooted deep and uh, continue to uh, just pour in, have those great conversations with your kids, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.